Welcome, everybody, to the 20th episode of Chelsea Against the World, the podcast that brings together an American and an Englishman to discuss all things Chelsea Football Club. I'm your host, Manny. And I'm your host, Simon. Manny, long time no see. Long time. It seems like yesterday is the last time I saw you. Because it was, in fact, yesterday that we saw each other. This is true. What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing much better today. Uh, just uh, four days of hanging out with some of the coolest people in the world, experiencing some of the coolest things ever, and then had a 24 hours of sort of just sort of kind of detox now, but then I'm flying out tomorrow for another seven days of debauchery. So yeah, I'm sort of in the middle of this. No rest for the wicked, huh? No rest. No, not at all. Team no sleep. <laughs> sleep is, sleep is for, uh, for the end of life, obviously. Absolutely. How, How you been, man? I'm very good, mate. Very, very good. Um, we had just the most incredible three days away, didn't we? Absolutely. Uh, in North Carolina, watching the Chelsea-Wrexham game and the events surrounding it, it was just the most fun I've had in a long time, I would say. It was really, really good. As, as you guys know, we've been planning this trip for a little bit since Chelsea released our summer schedule, and it just so happened that this week worked out for both of us. We were on vacation, and we booked our tickets. We booked our flights, and basically the rest was history. Yeah, we... Got there um, a day before the game, and um, I just want first of all give a big shout out to Sh- uh, Shell and Tiff from the Rally Duller and Blues Chelsea Group in North Carolina who put on the festivities around the game, and they're just the nicest people, um, and they did an incredible job organising everything, especially the first night where we did a meet and greet with a Chelsea legend, Gary Cahill, and he actually asked for our autographs because he knew that we were a big deal now. So I'm joking, obviously, but. What an event that was. Really, really fun. And to kind of give everybody a little bit of perspective, this event actually had to be changed last second. Um, Their original bar restaurant that they go to, unfortunately, had an accident. And um, hopefully everything is going to work out for the restaurant in itself. But within 24, 48 hours, they had to find a second venue. And they did. And it was was amazing. We went to the Backyard Bistro and Rally. Uh, Good food, great atmosphere, great staff. And incredible prices for beer to be honest with you you know i was really really surprised how cheap beer was i don't remember having a beer i think i was i think i was on the the water right yeah Yeah, water water break the whole time but you know from beginning to end it was just incredible by the host even the party on on wednesday before the game was a lot of fun so big up to the rally durham blues for having exceptional hospitality and we also met a bunch of local chapters there as well right yeah we had a great time meeting lots of people um specifically the blue cars blues out of kentucky who were just the most awesome people we had a lot of fun with them um at that event and before the game as well they were really really good fun so let's kind of rehash tuesday so for you guys listening i basically showed up to the airport and met simon and matthew matthew is a president of our music city blues just sitting at the tailgate brewery in the airport, you know, we usually visit the tailgate brewery here in music row for a watch party. <laughs> yeah. And they were already one beer in. So I figured I had to catch up and we had another beer. This was like at eight 30 or 9 AM. I think I was before nine. Yeah, I think it was. And then uh, one beer led to three and uh, Simon's never flown Southwest. This is actually pretty <laughs> hilarious. So we go to the gate and Matthew and I have flown Southwest multiple times and we get a little number and here's Simon have no idea where to go. Just the one child sitting there in the waiting area where everybody else is lined up clueless, <laughs> clueless on the whole Southwest boarding process. And we actually met some other Wrexham fans at, yeah, at Nashville, and they were taking the piss out of me for looking like a lost little child for yeah. most of it. And they sat right behind us too. As yeah, well. it, was, it was really fun. It was like you made a reference to me. The sort of kind of Southwest was like 
a little bit like Ryanair for the for the for the UK. We call it the Greyhound of the skies. Yeah. We call it, but no, it's good. I mean, you know, being in Nashville, it's a huge hub, and so if you can fly southwest to a lot of destinations, especially in this part of the US. Uh, but no, we got there safely and then um, checked into our hotel and immediately tried to find the first brewery. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big day, wasn't it? Really? It was, it was. It was, honestly, that was the most excited I've been in terms of going to anything football related in a long time. I hadn't seen Chelsea since I moved to America, so I was really, really up for it. And I think all of us were, actually. And it was a really fun day. We we were going from bar to bar singing Chelsea songs. And I think most people were just like, who the hell are these people? What is going on? But we talked them around and got them to join in as well. Absolutely, and then we made ourselves uh, uh, our way to the backyard bistro for the pre uh, pre match day event that Tuesday night, where we got to meet a Chelsea legend and talk a little bit about that, Simon. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, fun, it was a, an amazing night. Gary Cahill was like like one of the most underrated Chelsea players ever, really, and he was such a gent. And everyone in the bar got to meet him and get pictures and signatures and those kind of things, and. We got invited up to do some trivia, and uh, yours truly was nominated. I don't know by if invited, I couldn't. I couldn't have forced them to choose you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we actually had a very good table right in the front, and so we were leading the chance for the whole bar. You know, and and try to make it a great, great atmosphere uh, for the Chelsea legend. And they asked if anybody wanted to come for trivia, and I just shouted, "Simon, Simon wants to go up." And sure enough, he went up there and answered three really tough, really questions. tough questions. Yeah. Where did Chelsea play? It was the first one. <laughs> How many Premier League titles has Chelsea won? What was the what's the name of the Chelsea mascot? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was I actually whispered to the guy who was doing it. I was like, you can make these a little bit harder if you want. I don't want to show off, but it was yeah, so I I won that competition miraculously after those tough uh, challenges. If anyone wants to see the, uh, the uh, live footage of that evening it's actually on the main Chelsea Instagram page where we all got featured on it which is really cool and then after that uh, they did an interview with Gary Cahill and he gave some details about his his impressions of what Chelsea's gonna be like on Pochettino was actually quite interesting to listen to and they did the meet and greet and we had a chat with him told him about the podcast invited him on so Gary if you ever listen if you were listening you want to come on this is where we're at. Um, I think I slipped him a business card also. <laughs> I may have just probably put that in his Absolutely paper. shameless. Exactly. Completely shameless. And then uh, we managed to have a bit more of a chat with him at the bar afterwards and all the Chelsea people as well who were there from the club in, in the UK. So it was a it was a pretty fun evening yeah, Interesting enough, they bring a lot of staff over on the marketing and press side. And there was at least 20, 25 individuals just working that one event from London and some of them were not even Chelsea fans. You know, they were just right. trying to get into the media and the business and the press business. And so it was pretty cool just talking to them, seeing their perspective of Chelsea from, you know, from that standpoint and such a fun night. And then the next day. Yeah, we prepared um, for the game in suitable Chelsea style by spending the day in a library. Yeah, exactly. And, and behaving ourselves. Yeah. I, I would say it was that whole day we just got the... Oh, Uber into Chapel Hill, which is a, actually is it a city or a town? It's, it's a t- it's a town, yeah. Okay, it's like a big university town. Yeah, isn't it? Th- that whole area, Raleigh Durham, they call it the Research Triangle. So it has three big universities: as NC State and Raleigh, Duke and Durham, and then Chapel Hill is the other city, and that's where UNC is. Okay, 
So North Carolina. And we actually met some cool people from UNC on that day and had a little photograph with their mascot, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, the, the, there's a couple of the um, workers or I think students that work at the yeah, visitor center workers, yeah. uh, ran out and saw us in our full Chelsea regalia and uh, basically asked us to come and take a picture with their mascot, Ramses, which is like this <laughs> ram, I guess, you know? And it was Simon's first uh, experience at a college football mascot uh picture <laughs> photo shoot or whatever <laughs> i felt very thrilled to be there and they, they were really nice people as well actually that They're, was the common theme of the whole weekend actually we just met awesome people oh man the, the entire time staff bar staff everybody there was super nice and i think that's a that little southern even though it was north carolina it's southern hospitality just gracious you know even the bartenders like oh hey how's it going i was like, i just want a beer but thank you for asking yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it, was it was incredible nice. and then onto the game in the evening and we're going to talk about the actual game in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so it's been, what, five years since you've actually seen Chelsea play. And I know exhibition game is one thing different than being at the bridge, but um, I was just kind of interested to see your perspective on what you thought the atmosphere was like, even just getting to the game, um, being, you know, seeing the Wrexham fans and seeing, you know, the Chelsea fans and then um, the game experience itself. It was a strange one. It was a strange one, actually. I, It's a strange fixture anyway, because... Wrexham have just come from nowhere, from obscurity, and the mixture of fans that they had there. They had some people over from Wales. We actually chatted to some after the game who followed them all over the place, all over the place. Actually, some of them had visited my hometown of Maidstone, visiting the Maidstone non-league team when they were playing away, which is crazy coincidence. But the the amount of Wrexham fans there who were just there because of the, the popularity of the TV show, you could clearly see that was the case and fair play to them I'm not going to judge them for that I think that's a great way of getting um, football or soccer into the US market I think they've done an incredible job in terms of how that translated into a game day experience it made it very very strange it was very quiet very very quiet I the excitement levels around the stadium and beforehand the way they've been publicizing it made it feel like a cup final in terms of the way that there was a real festival atmosphere to it. It did not translate like that into the stadium at all. I remember just, I was, we were near some Chelsea fans and I was trying to get them to, to start making some noise and like teach them some basic Chelsea songs and we just got nothing. And just long periods of the game where I didn't hear any, any you could actually hear the players yelling at each other. And we were quite far away as well, which is, it's a, a very different experience that I've had previously. Even from the MLS games, actually, I felt the MLS atmospheres are amazing. This was, yeah, it was very, very different. And I found it a little bit unsettling just from my own personal Chelsea experience. Yeah, and I think part of it has to be, you know, you're, you're seeing a new team and from an American perspective, Wrexham. You know, I think had you had come to the game last year between Arsenal and Chelsea, I think it would have been a different experience, even though it was an exhibition game. Cause you got two cemented Premier League teams who yeah. have developed this fan base in the U.S. over years and over decades, right? You have a team that's gained... American popularity because they subscribe to Hulu, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that, that's the truth of it, right? I'm so quite surprised they're not the shirt sponsors, actually. Yeah, it's true, right? Um, maybe there's an issue with England and having Hulu, right? We didn't, we didn't get Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. You know, it, it could be a broadcasting issue as well. Um, but they got United Airlines, which uh, <laughs> fair play to them. Yeah, uh, wonder how they got that one. Exactly. Uh, no, it's interesting because you, you have these fans who. You know, and I'm not speaking for everybody there, but a lot of them do not watch European soccer, but they got sort of broached into watching a lot of it because of Wrexham 
And like you said earlier, I think that's a good thing. I think we talked about yeah. how to spread, you know, European football to, to the U S and it's some of these Netflix documentaries some of these Hulu documentaries and then watching premier league, you know, on, in the mornings on, on the weekend. And so a lot of those individuals probably don't understand, you know, the cultural differences of watching um, a football game in England or in France uh, versus watching it here in the U S even at MLS, right? Because MLS is more grassroots. Yeah. You know, the atmosphere that you see here at Nashville SC was built up. Like we talked with uh, John on a couple podcasts before mm. from a USL team to what it is now. This Wrexham team is just a brand new team. It's overnight success. It's isn't overnight it? success. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's a completely different, um, you know, I won't say clientele, but just a fan base that they're sort of guarding here, but it, it's, it's working. You know, they're, they're, they're selling a lot of kits, selling a lot of shirts. Um, they're, they got 50 plus thousand people in the stadium. And I think it was probably two to one Chelsea, but still, that's still yeah. over 20,000. For a team that was fans. playing non-league football last season. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Actually. And I think the 24 hours I've had to separate myself from the experience, I think I'm on board with you. I feel that the bigger picture of it is very, very good for football or soccer in the U S having like a Hollywood match because it was really in terms yeah. of the names, maybe not the players, but like the two brands at the moment, it was like a real Hollywood match and this, you need a gateway into the sport. And I imagine there's probably, I reckon there was maybe at least 40% of the people there who'd never watched a football game before, not even their MLS side, but they saw the Wrexham on the, on the TV, saw the name of Chelsea and with our American influence there and thought this might be a good way to go see it. And the things that draw me into football when I was younger were not the same things, and that's okay. It's just different. Yeah, and you also got to realize that you're on a college campus, and for UNC, their focus is basketball. I mean, they're a perennial blue blood when it comes to college basketball, multiple national championships they won. Their crosstown rival, Duke, is a huge, another big college basketball team. I also. found that out from the people in front of us, yeah. actually. And uh, yeah, and they were actually really cool. Rexham, it was cool. Uh, you know, your your long Rexham fans <laughs> in front of us, uh, fans because of the show. I think we converted the husband to be a Chelsea fan just yeah. for that one day. I think I tried to convince them to call their daughter Chelsea as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, it's been. It was just a very cool perspective. But I think it's a dif- it's it's different, right? I think if we had gone to Philadelphia this weekend to see the game against Brighton, or if we went to Chicago to see the game against Borussia Dortmund, it's a different. Yeah, atmosphere right. because those both of those cities have had it like a pretty big cemented Chelsea supporters group as but it's also the opposing team right you're playing Borussia Dortmund which has a big American following from Pulisic's early days Giorena as well and then you have another a Premier League team that's up and coming in Brighton uh, in Philadelphia but that's like a double header so you're seeing another game as well yeah that's some really good points I think maybe next time my experience will be a little bit different but overall the weekend was just unbelievable oh, what, a, what, what a great campus too yeah. It was a be- we got to experience part of the campus after the game when uh, our leader, our, our, the, the head of the Music City Blues 10 years ago, David Bone, led us through a park with sprinklers on yeah. trying to navigate our way to a bar. Yeah, well, to be honest, it was a very hot day, so it was nice to get a cool down at the end of it. I felt yeah. like I'd gone swimming. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty, it was a very, very interesting trip back. But even after the game, we had a blast at one of the bars and um, we met a lot of local um, fans there of other teams. We talked to a couple of Spurs fans there. We talked to um, a West Ham fan as well. And then we talked to a fake Aston Villa fan. Yeah, that was a fake Aston Villa fan. I have a question for you in terms of another aspect of the game day experience that I found a little bit disconcerting is the amount of opposition jerseys 
that I saw in the stadium or shirts of teams that Chelsea hate just milling around. I saw hundreds and hundreds of Arsenal supporters and Liverpool supporters and Man United supporters. That is something that I found very, very unsettling in terms of my own previous experience because if you did that in England anywhere, for a start, I don't think you would be let in to any of the stadiums. Secondly, if you managed to get in and were wearing an opposition shirt in the homestand, good luck trying to get out of there. Why, why does that happen over here? Because I've noticed that at other stadiums as well in terms of MLS days, you'll see a lot of other teams being represented all over the place. And it, to me, that football like, that has a huge identity and that has this kind of cult following for most teams that gets very vitriolic. You just wouldn't see it. So why does that happen here? Yeah, that, that's definitely a cultural thing when it comes to that specific sport. Um, if you remember when Chelsea was playing their exhibition games in Asia, the same thing happened. You saw fans wearing opposition uh, Premier League teams as they're playing Arsenal. They have a Spurs fan out there, a Man U fan or Man City fan. Um, it's 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 because it's a friendly, it's an exhibition match, and you do see that a lot outside of the college football atmosphere. You gotta you gotta remember in in America and in our sports, the crowds are not segregated, right? Yeah. We don't have the violent confrontation. I mean, we do, but not to the certain extent that you see in Europe, not just in England, but in other parts where you have to have a separate supporters entrance. You have to hold the away fans there for an hour post-match, yeah. et cetera. You don't see that here um, because it's it's just one of those things, I guess, that we have not developed that cultural identity and the animosity and, and antagonism between a city, you know, between two different teams or something like that. But you do see that level of rivalry when it comes to, you know, like Red Sox and Yankees. Yeah. You see it with the Giants and the Dodgers. You see it with Alabama, Auburn. You know, you see it with Florida, Florida State, or Duke, North Carolina. So there are specific rivalries within, you know, different subsets of sports that you will see the animosity. But it doesn't, it doesn't go to the extent where that opposition team can't wear, can't be sitting in, a, in, the, in the home section. Mm-hmm. You know, you can wear whatever shirt you want. There's self-policing or whatnot. Now, I do understand that it just it, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, like, I found it a little bit antagonistic. Yeah, so I remember I'm a season ticket holder here for the Nashville Predators, and if I'm if the Predators are playing, you know, any random team, whether it's the you know the St. Louis Blues or the Dallas Stars, and if I see somebody with a Chicago Blackhawks you know jersey, I'm like, why are you wearing that? You know, you're watching other two teams play. Why are you wearing your home jersey? It makes no sense. So I can understand the frustration. Um, yeah, and I, just you know, just the different aspect of it. But I do think that the violent nature of the, of the animosity, you don't see it in the fans here because it's not like you grew up, you know, in England, you grew up and you felt the cultural differences, even if it's just, you know, Wales versus England or England against Scotland, you know, mm-hmm. here we're seeing Chelsea on TV. We're seeing Arsenal on TV. We're seeing the rivalry on TV, but we're not experiencing it every single yeah. day on the tube or, you know, going to a pub you know, from, or, you know, in North, North London versus, you know, South London or West London. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get the, the, the reasoning behind it to a certain extent. I just wonder what the motivation is for a per, like if, personally for people to do that, like going to see a sport of the team that you like, even though your team isn't playing, what's the motivation to where your Arsenal shirt to a Chelsea Wrexham game I would say in my mind that's to piss people like me off and it worked <laughs> it worked but Simon <laughs> d- don't, didn't you wear your Chelsea uh, away kit to a Nashville SC game 
It's the same colours, okay? And also, I'm an attention seeker. So, exactly. Don't you lead Chelsea chants in the middle of the National SC section? I mean, I don't remember doing that, but that might be, might have what happened. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, like personally for me, that would be my motivation for doing it. I'd be yeah. like, I, I, if I can go and get under someone's skin, maybe that's worth it. And maybe that's the reason for doing it. But, you know, also seeing... AFC, well, we, we, AFC Richmond t-shirts and stuff like that. Remember, we, we got to see Messi there. We saw two yeah. Messis in our section. We saw Pulisic. He turned around and waved to us. Yeah, I thought he'd gone to Italy, yeah, but no, no, apparently he was sat all over the stadium. And we saw Malang Sar twice, which I was really shocked that about is, that. That is the surprise of the weekend, actually, seeing, or the week, midweek, is seeing not one, but more than one Malang Sar jersey. I was, I was I probably, I, I was like a fanboy. I was like, please, can I get your autograph? And the kid just looked at me like I was an idiot. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> So let's let's talk a bit about the game. So Chelsea won five nil. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think we should probably discuss our starting lineup for the first half because I think it differed completely in the second half. Um, when we saw the team sheet, you know, we were walking towards the stadium. Both of us were just like, "Man, this is, this is awesome!" Seeing all this young talent on the pitch, and just different players. Absolutely, it looked, I, it's like it was a very strange experience. Like not. Really, I've never seen any of those starting eleven in the flesh before. Yeah, None so, of them. So our back four, uh, our goalkeeper we had coming as our goalkeeper, a back four, Cucurella on the left full back, Humphreys in the left center back, Chalaba, our captain, right center back position, and uh, Malagusto in the right full back position. And then in our midfield, we had, oh, I'm just really excited about this, uh, these two midfield players, oh, yeah. Andre Santos and Casadai, and then Carney uh, Chakwameka. I mean, they're, they're th- them three were, they were magnificent in the midfield. Yeah. And then uh, Ian Matson sort of playing out of his position, but in the left wing, and uh, um, Nicholas Jackson and uh, Marrera in the right wing. Nicholas Jackson up top. Yeah, it was a really fascinating lineup, and I was really excited to see some of those players there. I'm really excited about a number of them, as you mentioned, the midfield in particular. I thought they were was outstanding. I think you have to take the quality of the opposition as some level of it as well, and to kind of hamper, like dampen your dampen enthusiasm to a certain extent, but. What we saw out of them, I was really, really impressed. And the energy levels and the speed in particular of those three players and Cassidy, the way he was advancing with the ball, I hadn't seen a Chelsea midfielder do that in a while. Have you seen a Chelsea midfielder put a through ball in to in Cuckoo? That, I know. That's the first time I saw that. It was like, where, where, where has this been? And we scored a goal. Yeah. More than one goal yeah. in the first. And he had a bad first touch and he still scored. <laughs> Didn't try and chip the keeper. Exactly. Didn't hit the bar. Wasn't offside. No, it was great. I mean, Casadai was the the player I thought that played amazing in the first half. And even Nicholas Jackson, the amount of energy he had, he was pressing the heck out of uh, Wrexham's back line. I mean, he was all over the pitch. And he had a re- he had really good link-up play with Casadai uh, and with Santos um, and with Carney in the midfield. Yeah. I think the only player that I was a little bit disappointed in was Diego Moreira yeah, in the first half. I agree. I agree. I thought he was a bit. His touches were loose, and yeah, you know, he's very balls. young and young and raw, and that will come. But first half, you know, comfortable. A couple of really nice goals. Yeah, one at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah, Matson got got them both. Specifically, the second one, the 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 little link up play within and Chukwemeka was outstanding. And then even Malagusto had a great game. You know, you can see that's one thing we needed as the reserve for Reese James. I mean, currently we don't know if he's injured or not. Um, looks like he's made his way back from, uh, to, to America and it's going to join the team in Philadelphia. But Malagusto I thought was really, really good. And, and seeing Trevor with the armband, I mean, after, you know, recently we just found out in a couple of days that Fofana has been out, it's going to be out for the year, probably oh, with an ACL yeah. injury. It's, it's important to keep Trevor now. Yeah, I wanted him anyway. I wanted to keep him anyway. I think he's 
he loves Chelsea. He's, you know, he's from the academy. He doesn't complain about being left out. He kind of slots in where he needs to. And he does a decent job. And I feel that now with our centre-back numbers have been dwindled by this big injury to Fafana, really, I feel that we need him. And I'm not completely sold that we need to buy another centre-back, I think. Um, I think we can cope with the amount of fixtures that we have. Unless, obviously, that's dependent if everyone stays fit. Um, but, yeah, I really like Trevor. Always have. And then in the second half, we had six new players coming in at the 46th minute. Angelo Gabriel, Christopher Nkuku, Raheem Sterling, Connor Gallagher, Alfie Gilchrist, and Ben Chilwell. And out of those six players, I was really impressed with Gabriel, Angelo Gabriel. Oh, he was superb. I mean, the the, the speed, the decision-making, the passing, cutting in and out and outside the box, I think he was awesome. It's quite staggering that we've got these young players who I didn't have a clue about most of these players before. And you feel that that's like... The, the young talent that we're bringing through and scouting is now there, you can see. And like watching him for 45 minutes, I was very, very impressed. And he was getting a lot of bad press from some of the Brazilian people, you know, that have seen him play for the games in, in Brazil. But I mean, just for this 46, 45 minutes that he did play against, you know, I guess a League Two team now, um, it was pretty impressive still. Yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed his performance that he laid on the ball for Chilwell's goal, right? I think near the end. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. It was an excellent pass, really good vision. And he almost had that another assist for Sterling's missed header as well. Yeah. So, yeah, encouraging signs all over, I would say, that the reserve goalkeepers did okay. They made a couple of good saves. Um, I think Bergstrom made a pretty good save. It was, it was caught off sides anyways, yeah. but I think he had a really good reaction save in the second half. Yeah, and yeah, it's solid all round. Really, the only one that I was kind of disappointed in was Marrera throughout the entire game, to be honest, I think. Gallagher looked okay when he came on. Lewis Hall looked tidy. He didn't really do anything outstanding, but nice to see him in midfield. And yeah, it was a solid a solid start to the preseason. What was your favorite goal? Oh, I think it was the Nkuku one. Just because that pass. And the finish. Yeah, now, the finish was like, he, the first touch was awful and he still managed to keep his composure and slot it away brilliantly. And that is something that we haven't had was a bit of composure in front of goal, even when you're slightly off target for a very long time. And I mean, he looks good. I liked Ian Matson's second goal. I think it was a great, you know, he got it into a small window and he still got in there to score. And the fact that we have another left fullback that can score was nice, you know, after Alonso. So, yeah. and he got his opportunity to play on the left wing. I want to keep him. Yeah, I really do. I feel that he will, he can offer a lot. Yeah, I think I think if you look at it, I would probably keep him as a backup to Chilwell in the left fullback position, and probably use Cucurella now in, in a centre back option given Fafana's injury. One thing that I really enjoyed about the game was when I think Casadai got booked and Pochettino ran on the pitch to have a go at the referee. Yeah, that, that was like I think it was injury time, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We, we had a break, and, and the ref called the game at half, and like, no, we had an opportunity to score. I think it was a little bit performative, yeah. but I like it because I feel that the young team that we have now needs this leadership and it comes from the front. And I think Pochettino said afterwards, it doesn't matter if it's a pre-season friendly, it's a game and I need to fight for my team as well. And it's just it's just nice to have that again. I feel that Tuchel had that kind of, maybe a little bit overblown, like trying to rip Antonio Conte's head off at the end of the Tottenham game. But I feel that just that kind of messaging early on, it, you, you really set a standard and 
I've got a good feeling about Chelsea under him. I think we're going to be a completely different outfit from the last five seasons. I don't think I think we're going to be a really unknown quantity for a lot of teams. And I feel he. It, I'm just really excited about Pochettino. Yeah, I think we're going to win the quadruple, right? The four, yeah, fri- yeah. the four friendlies is what I. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a different playing style. You saw it just even though it was against a League Two team. It's a completely different. Uh, playing style you don't see the back pass back to the center backs as much as you did you saw a little bit more progressive passing and you saw the midfielders and the wingers running yeah and I think it was Ben Foster saying um I think in his post-game interview he said when they get the ball in the final third wow runners down the wing players coming inside going outside and there's always taking the ball on the run they're out of their artery running or they're picking it and up and running with it so it gets you on the back foot I mean that's YouTube star Ben Foster <laughs> You were giving him a lot of lot, lot, lot of comments during the game. I was. I was, try, I was trying to provide a, provide a little bit of vitriol, and I said that his YouTube channel was rubbish, which is actually just a psych out, because I actually really enjoy his YouTube content. I think it's very good. But that's the thing. It's like, I got into this discussion with someone over the two days saying how pre-season, the results generally aren't important, but you can set a mentality with it. And just thinking back to a year ago where Chelsea lost 4-0 to Arsenal, but even before that, didn't we lose on penalties to an MLS team. Yeah, we did. I mean, that doesn't set a very good start. Like, I think psychology in sport is incredibly important. And if we'd come away from that game with a lackluster performance where we scraped a 2-1 win or conceded goals, I feel that that sets a standard that is concerning. But I feel that you can, with a good positive result where you do the fundamentals right, I feel that can be a really good uh, building block. I'm also very happy with the final score because there was an expectation from a lot of these um, diehard Wrexham one-year fans subscribing to Hulu saying, oh, this is going to be a good game. We can win this game. And uh, right, maybe they could have won if, if Lampard or Potter were coaching, but beating them 5-0, it's like the arrogance is just, you just tempered it down, which I enjoyed thoroughly. You can just see a lot of the people around us like, wait, this is not the Wrexham I saw against Sutherland. This is not the Wrexham I saw you know, on TV or on the show. And, and it was great. And, and they were being taken to task by a bunch of 16, 18 year olds yeah, from yeah. Academy, which was even better. Yeah. I think we've got some very, very exciting players. And yeah, I was, I completely agreement with you on that as well. Some of their fans were talking like, I mean, they watched Chelsea struggle in the premier league last year, but I'm like, we're of a di- very different level to your lot. And I think with the more understanding that you have of the game, you will see that in time. But maybe they need to get the bundle with ESPN. And what's the other one? Disney. Disney, yeah, yeah. Maybe they need that bundle to, to get the full breadth of it, the, the sports experience to build off their knowledge. Yeah, maybe Do they carry Ted Lasso as well, or is that Apple TV? That's Apple TV, but they can watch, they can watch Frozen you know, after this, and maybe <laughs> they can get them back into the mentality of, of Wrexham. Or maybe you can watch The Mighty Ducks on Disney or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, any other final thoughts from this weekend? Ah, uh, Just a great... Great to have Chelsea back out on the on in front of us. It was really, I, I was happy. I love the new shirt as well. The new oh, shirt is sponsored gorgeous. The shirt. Oh, sponsored the shirt. I really shirt. want it. I Even really... the training kit, right? We saw we saw or the away shirt. We saw some fans with the shirt. Hey, where'd you get that away shirt? You yeah, know? <laughs> fell off the back of a truck. That one. Yeah. Um, but no, wonderful weekend. Just the most amazing hospitality. Thank you so much to everyone again. And we got a fair few people said they were going to listen to the podcast. So to hello to any new listeners that we do have. You guys are awesome. Um, and I'm just really excited to have Chelsea back on and feel a bit of optimism again. It's been it's been long overdue. What about you? No, I think for me, it was just great being there amongst a lot of local fans, especially the Kentucky, the blue, the Blues, 
the Bluegrass Blues. Bluegrass um, Blues, yeah. They were they were such a cool group, and they rec- Simon Simon was a celebrity <laughs> in, in in Durham and Raleigh and in Chapel Hill. Everybody knew Simon. Every time you walked into a bar, Simon, and here's his handler, man. He's just walking <laughs> behind him, you know, like nobody 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 cares about me, you know. I'm just the one over here taping Simon. <laughs> I'm the cameraman. No, it was just, it was a fun time. It was a great time. And, you know, spending it with you, Dan, Dan was my friend from uh, Orlando, who's a German, my, one of my German friends. And uh, he's now conv- a, a, a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I had him say by that proxy. The yeah, yeah. And then uh, Matthew, our president of MCBs. And then also Sloop, who was on the podcast earlier, and David. But we just had a great time. And Mike as well, who was with us too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A great crew of individuals from Nashville up there uh, representing the Music City Blues. Yep. And we got more things to come we're really excited about this new season and yeah really excited for the, for the new era so our next game saturday is a friendly against brighton is that gonna be friendly yeah well no well maybe we can, they're really pissing me off wait we, we can just go across and maybe just poach uh uh Saicedo, you know? yeah yeah i i their conduct is really annoying me obviously not so much about Saicedo, it's about colwell and the public grooming of him and the tapping up that's happening, I think I find it really, really unprofessional. You don't see any other team doing that, and he's not coming to you. If we do sell him, he's not, we're not going to sell him to Brighton. That's just not going to happen. So I don't know what planet they're on, thinking that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just shut up. Shut up and move on. And I think this weekend's game could be interesting, actually. I wouldn't be surprised to see some uh, some bad tackles flying in. Yeah, it's it's very difficult dealing with Tony Bloom, the owner of Brighton. I think um, you know he rinsed us a little bit on the Cucurella deal last year. I think we were in need of a, a full, left fullback sort of um, backup option, especially with Marcus Alonso uh, being sold. And then he got Colwell on a good price, you know, uh, on a loan deal, and it was trying to buy him for forty million, which is not he's worth Laughable. way more. Yeah, way more. And then it's going to probably want. You know, a hundred million for uh, uh, Saicedo because of um, the Declan Rice deal. Yeah, then I d- he's not worth that much. He's a very, very good player, and I feel that Chelsea have a set standard that they're going to offer for him. And if it doesn't happen, I hope we have other players lined up, which I, I'm confident we do. Also, you have to think they not only rinsed this on Cucurella, but they rinsed this on Potter as well. Yeah. Think how much money we paid to get him out of his contract and his backroom staff as well, and then paying off Brighton. And paying off Potter as well. Yeah, just some expensive mistakes. But yeah, I just... uh, It'll be interesting to see what Chelsea can do against them on Saturday. Because I think that's the first real kind of test. I think Wrexham, obviously, it's the first game of pre-season. It's a League 2 team. Newly League League 2 team. Let's see us against some Premier League opposition and see how we roll. I think we'll still be rolling out a young lineup. I think, you know, having Cole back from his international duty, having Enzo back from a, a long vacation he had... I think uh, we'll still have a pretty young lineup out there. It'll be interesting to see Brighton's uh, without McAllister, without Colwell um, as well. And so it'll be a fun game. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll be able to watch it on Saturday and uh, come back next week and discuss that. Uh, do, you th- do you should we have a bet to see if Saicedo deal is done before Saturday? Oh, it's not going to be done before Saturday. Okay, it's well, not. we're both going to say no. So there's not yeah. really much of a bet there. Is no. there? <laughs> will it will it be done before Chelsea goes back to England? I think so. I don't think so. I think it's going to carry on into match day one. You reckon? Yeah. It, it feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? I think. Because we're what? Almost uh, two weeks away from, or maybe three weeks. Three weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tight. I feel that 
he himself is making more noises than anything else and I feel that he doesn't want to hand in an official transfer request but he will do now Especially, if it doesn't happen. he had a deal with Deserby, right? He's like, listen, I'm going to play. I want to leave in January but you said no, stay for six months. I did. Uh, now give me the opportunity to go to Chelsea which I wanted to do earlier. Yeah, I find it fascinating how the transfer market works as well and how club briefings happen. So obviously I feel there's some frustration now from Chelsea who are now leaking to their sources that Chelsea have other backup options, which I always think is a power move in terms of the negotiations saying, okay, maybe they are starting to walk away or thinking about it. So do we sell him at a price that we're a little bit undervaluing him at or do we keep him and not get anything and have an unhappy player? And I think that's the, the, the psychology that's going on there. And the transfer market is difficult. I feel that we talked about this over the, the last couple of days that I feel that there's a culture of kind of playing football manager or FIFA where you realise you the, the engine the gaming system makes transfers very easy and very transactional. These are some very, very rich people negotiating over high value assets. It takes a long time most of the time. The way that we've done business in the last year is not normal in terms of just paying the money up front and going. I feel there's some real tough negotiations going across the board. There hasn't been that much movement in the transfer market yet. There's been, I know there's the Saudi deals and a couple of big deals for Liverpool and stuff like that, but no one's really bought an entire team yet. So I feel that there's going to be a flurry of activity in the next couple of weeks. Well, thank you guys so much for taking your time listening to this podcast. And again, a big up and big thank you to everybody in North Carolina that made that trip successful, especially the Raleigh Durham Blues. What what an incredible experience. Again, we are on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and email. On Instagram and Twitter, you can follow us at CATW Podcast. That's CATW Podcast. We are also on TikTok. Simon is our TikTok star. You can follow us at CATW Podcast on TikTok as well. And again, any questions, comments, concerns, or even suggestions for any future content, please email us at podcastcatw at gmail.com. That's podcastcatw at gmail.com. Also, for any of you listeners out there, if you are in Nashville August 5th weekend, please send us an email or DM us on any of our social medias. We're going to have a little local party here at my house. I'm throwing a little barbecue. Simon, have you have you been to uh, an American barbecue before? No, I haven't. Um, do I bring my Wrexham shirt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just so we can start the kindling for the smoker. <laughs> All right. We can, we can throw it in there to get, get a good smoke. We want that good Welsh smoke to our meat. No, it, it's, we're going to be smoking uh, some, you know, some good meat, some pulled pork, some ribs, and some chicken. But if you're in town, Nashville, DM us for any details. We'll get you over to my place for a barbecue. And just to echo what Manny said, thanks again to everyone that we met this weekend. Oh, the last, sorry this midweek <laughs> I keep thinking it was a weekend uh, it, it felt was, like a weekend yeah it felt like it yeah we drank like it was a weekend for sure and yeah just the most incredible experience everyone made us feel very welcome so thank you so much um as a reminder please do give us a five star review whatever podcast platform you listen to us on we really especially now want to try and get to as many people as we possibly can and we really appreciate any any five star reviews that you can give us so thanks again keep the faith everybody uh, we'll be back soon with another episode and we'll see you soon thank you so much